Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله. اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد مفتاح باب رحمة الله. عدد ما في علمي لا صراة والسلام دائمين بدوام منك الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه وأشهر أنه الله الذي لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إلها واحدا ورب شاهدا ونحن له مسلمون وأشهر أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وكرة عيوننا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله الله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهر على الدين كله ولو كره المشركون أما بعد عباد الله إني مصيكم ونفسي إياي بتقوى الله Every day that our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us with every new week, every new month is an opportunity for us to learn what it is that we need to learn so that we can put that knowledge into practice and to prepare while we're still here on this earth for the meeting with our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the attempt to build our spiritual edifice strong, it is important that as believers that we remind one another of the great meanings and principles of this deen. And so we come together on this blessed day of Jumu'ah, a day about which our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, the very best day that the sun has shone upon is Friday, the day of Jumu'ah. And it relates to the word Jumu'ah, which is about coming together, gathering. And so as we gather here on this blessed day of Jumu'ah, that the angels call and name and refer to as the Yom Al-Mazid, the day of increase. Because this is the day in paradise where the believers will be permitted to see their Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what we hope, that we will learn this deen and put it into practice and live it in a way that when we take our last breath, we'll be in a state where we long to meet our Lord. And that our Lord loves to meet us as a result subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshaAllah, that we will move from the sijin of this dunya, this prison like world, insha'Allah, into the expansiveness to the, uh, of the Akhirah. And if we can learn the meanings of the deen now, that si'ah, that expansiveness, will not just be for the Akhirah. It's the si'ah to dunya wal Akhirah. Because this is what Islam does. It takes you from the cage of this world, the prison-like nature of this world. And because when your heart expands, everything else that relates to you will also expand. Even if you are going through the most difficult of circumstances and your heart is mashroor, it is expanded, is that it won't affect you in relation to how it affects other people. It will seem as, it is, as if it is expansive. And alhamdulillah, this is only for a believer. And the affair of the believer is indeed ajib and amazing, as our Prophet taught us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One of the most foundational principles of all that relates to our iman, our faith, is belief in the unseen. And in this very special month of Rajab, which is one of the Ashhurul Huram, 
the month that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pours out His mercy to His creation. It is the solitary month. It is an opportunity for us to expose ourselves especially to the sweet breezes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. And one of the great meanings of one of the great events of the entire calendar year, but Allah, according to the dominant opinion of the scholars, decreed it to be in this very special month of Rajab, and the scholars say that it was on the 27th night, is that our Prophet ﷺ traveled by night to Jerusalem and then ascended into the Divine Presence. And one of the meanings that we can learn from this blessed night of our Prophet ﷺ and all of the wonders that he then told us about after he returned and he told the Ummah about many of these wonders over an extended period of time. And the scholars then attempted to try to collect those various narrations and prevent a narrative. But there wasn't one instance where the Prophet ﷺ informed us about everything that is that he experienced. But one of the meanings that pertains to this blessed night is it's a teaching and it's a way for you and I to look at our own hearts and to see to what degree do we believe in the unseen. And to what degree do we believe in the truthfulness of our Prophet ﷺ? We all know in the very beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, after Alif Lam Mim, and those Huruf Al-Muqatta'ah, the unconnected, the Huruf Al-Muqatta'ah, these that letters teach us to come to the Quran with adab. Meaning that even if we don't understand what they mean, there's definitely a meaning to them and we come with humility to Allah's book. This is the book in which there is no doubt and it is guidance for the people of taqwa. What is the very first pillar of taqwa, if you will, or the first trait that Allah mentions for the people uh, that are mindful of Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who believe in the unseen. Those who believe in the unseen. And it's really important to note here that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lays out the path to taqwa, His entire book teaches us how to be people of taqwa. But He mentions in this verse, verse 3 of Surah Al-Baqarah, that belief in the unseen that establishing the prayer and giving out in our wealth from that which we've been provided. So these are the three pillars of taqwa. One relates to the heart, which is belief. One relates to the body, which is prayer. And one relates to our wealth, which is to give out from that wealth. And then you build all of the various details of taqwa upon these very strong pillars. But the first one is, الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ they believe in the unseen. And this includes that everything that we have in the Qur'an and everything that we've been told on the tongue of our Prophet ﷺ, we only know the Qur'an through the fact that our Prophet ﷺ conveyed the message to us ﷺ. And everything that transpires in the afterlife, everything that in this world that is beyond our ability to come to know, the angels, and all of the beings of the unseen. And everything that we don't have ready access to through our intellect, 
And this is important. And increasingly in a secular, materialistic world, we will see how it was even hard for some people to believe during the time of the Prophet But Allah Taala grants guidance to whom He pleases. It's amazing that there are people that grow up in these societies and might be highly educated, but Allah protects them from being blinded from their intellects. The intellect is important. The intellect is honorable, and it definitely has its function. But there are certain things that are beyond the intellect's ability to grasp. Just as there are certain things that your five senses can't come to know. Each one of our five senses is limited. In the spectrum of visible things, how many things can we actually see as human beings? In the spectrum of things that are actually visible, how many things can we actually hear as human beings? And so forth and so on. And so the intellect is of the utmost importance, but it's limited. This is where the belief of the heart allows us, because Allah is speaking of these believers and praising them in this, that they believe in the unseen. And they know that it's actually illogical to not believe in the unseen. Because the unseen, the intellect, can help you come to the conclusion that it exists. But even though in and of itself, that it can't actually perceive it. So to deny something from the unseen, to say, and simply because that, oh, I can't come to know it through my intellect is actually illogical. So then how do we come to know these realities? This is where now we have to understand our relationship to the Prophet Muhammad and what it means to be a Nabi what it means to be a prophet. And the knowledge that they receive from Allah <coughs> subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the very word Nabi itself is on the form fa'il, which it can have the meaning of a fa'al or a maf'ul. So our Prophet وسلم, receives nabat, which is one of the that words that the, the word prophet relates to. He receives news. And here, not like news the way we think about it in the modern world. Real news. Knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That when we that say that it's on the form fa'a that he conveys. Well, yukhbir bihi sallallahu alayhi wa And then if we say that it's on the form of oh, that he's mukhbar. He receives that knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then conveys it. And the other word that the word prophet is related to is nabwa which is a high peak, because prophecy is something that is lofty. These are the elect of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. So our Prophet informs us about things that we can never come to know with our intellects. And we believe him to be true. He is the Sadiq and the Masduq. He is the one who is truthful in and of himself, and he is the one who is proven to be true by Allah. Or you could say he is the truthful end of himself and he is the one وسلم, who is believed to be true. And when you come to know the Prophet وسلم, the only thing that would prevent you from really believing him is some type of terrible disease that would cloud or cover your heart. Otherwise, how could you deny the truth? 
when you see the majma' al-haqaiq al-imaniyah amamak, the one, the gathering point for all of the realities of iman, i.e. the one through whom we learn those realities, when he's right before you. The Sahaba were right before him. But then we realize, and our teachers mentioned this recently, when you shake the hand of your blessed teacher, you can know with certainty that he shook the hand of someone who shook the hand of someone who shook the hand of someone back to the Prophet ﷺ. What a blessing. No other religion on the, face of this earth, on the face of this earth can say that with certainty, that the one that they're learning their religion from has an unbroken chain back to the Prophet of that religion. This is a gift that Allah Ta'ala singled out this deen of Islam with. And what a blessing. And some of these blessed scholars, who are also very pious people, also have a lineage that goes back to the Prophet ﷺ. And for us that don't tend to memorize too much in the West, we that might not even know the name of our, name of our grandparents or great-grandparents. Whereas many of these, that blessed family members of the Prophet ﷺ, even when they're young, that they could mention to you that all of their grandfathers back to the Prophet ﷺ. So we know this is real. And this chain, uh, this initiatic chain that allows the organic state of this religion to be that to, to maintain itself. And so that anyone who attaches to it is that can also have life. It's life-giving. It's nourishing, just as that living beings are. So alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this. Now, I wanted to mention the sto a beautiful story here. And this is from the Subul al-Huda wa Rashad Imam al-Salihi. And this is the story of after our Prophet ﷺ returned from the Layl to Isra Mi'raj. And he woke up in the morning and he was sitting ﷺ outside. And one of his, the, his worst enemies, Abu Jahl, passes by him. And he says to him, as a way of making fun of him, that, you know, did something happen? And he said, yes. He said, that I was taken by night to, to a place. And then he said to him, to where were you taken? He said, to Bayt al-Maqdas, to Jerusalem. And he said, and you in the morning, in a voice where he is making fun of the Prophet, that all of a sudden in the morning that you're here with us? And the Prophet said, naam, yes. And then Abu Jahl thought that this was going to be an opportunity to get people to disbelieve in the Prophet. So he says to him that if I call your qawm, your people, will you tell them the same thing that you just told me? And the Prophet said, Naam, yes. Absolute certainty. There's certainty is taken from, there's no higher degree of certainty than the certainty in that he had So Abu Jahl calls out to that the people of the tribe of Ka'b ibn Luay. And he calls out to them. And this was very common during their period that this would happen. When a call would be made, people would then come. So people came from all over and surrounded them. And then Abu Jahl said that in a that, that very arrogant matter, tell them what you've told me. And so the Prophet ﷺ that then said 
that I was taken that by night to a place. And they said, to where? And he said, to Beit al-Maqdas, to Jerusalem. And then they said the same thing. And you came here in the back in the morning, and in the morning you're here with us? And he said, yes. And then there was a whole bunch of different reactions. There were some people that were clapping. There were some people that were just putting their hands on their heads out of that astonishment. And voices were raised. And they deemed this to be something that simply couldn't happen. And then that someone by the name of Mut'am ibn Adi, he went on to said, is that everything that you have said before this day, I was inclining towards. He says, but now that you're saying this, he says, I bear witness that you're a liar. Even saying those words. He says, I bear witness that you have not told the truth. He said that we strike the sides of the camels that so that we hasten to get there in a month. It takes a month to get there in a month back. And that you're claiming that you did this in one night. And then he swears by that the two idols of Allah and Izzah that he doesn't believe him. But Sayyidina Bakr Siddiq was present. And he said, He says, what a terrible thing that you've said. He said, He says, I, ver I am testifying and bear witness to all of you is that he is only truthful and always tells the truth. And so then they said to him that trying to again that get him to slip up. Describe for us Beit al-Maqdas. That how is its structure? What does it look like? How close is it to the mountain? And there were among them people that had actually traveled there. So the Prophet ﷺ that started to describe Beit al-Maqdas. And he'd never been there. And they knew that he hadn't been there wasallam. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought Bayt al-Maqdas to the Prophet ﷺ, such that it was right near the Dar Aqil, that the Prophet's uncle ﷺ, so right before him. So the Prophet is describing what is right before his eyes. Because they then went to said, they then asked him that, how many doors does the mosque have? And the Prophet didn't count them, وسلم. It actually mentions that in the narration. He was going to his Lord. He didn't count the doors of the masjid. But Allah brought him the masjid. And then right before them is that he started to that count the doors that he saw right before his eyes. And he would inform them of this. And every time that he would speak, Abu Bakr kept saying, Sadaqta, Sadaqta, you are telling the truth. You are telling the truth. Ashhadu annaka Rasulullah. I bear witness that you are the messenger of Allah. And then the people said, as for the description, he's actually said the right description. And then they came to Abu Bakr and they said to him, Is that do you really believe that he went last night to Bayt al Maqdis and he came back and in the morning he's here with us? And Abu Bakr. This is how he became a Siddiq. He says, Naam, in this narration, there's different narrations. In this narration, he said, Yes. He says, Inni la That I believe in I believe in something that is even greater than this. 
I believe that he receives news from heaven by morning and by night. I believe he receives revelation from Allah. How could I not believe? If you believe in Allah, it's easy to believe in miracles. If you believe in Allah, you believe that he has power to do whatever he wants to do. So it's easy to believe that he could take his servant by night to Jerusalem and bring him back that by the morning. That's easy to believe. So Sayyidina Bakr was showing the degree of his iman. But what's important for us to note here, that Allah mentions that the highest rank after the prophets are the Siddiqeen. In one way to translate Siddiq, you could translate as that high saint. There's different ways of translating it, but an ultimate confirmer of truth. This is how Sayyidina Bakr Siddiq that reached the highest degree that you can possibly reach as a non-prophet. The degree of being Siddiq. And he, anhu, that reached a degree of ascension in the various levels of Siddiqiyah that no one after him will ever reach because that he that received it right in the presence of the Prophet but how did he do that? It was through his belief in Rasulullah. And this is why when we talk about belief in, in the unseen, we have to know that there's a connection between our belief in the unseen and our belief in Sayyidina Muhammad is that it is through our Prophet that we come to know the realities of the unseen. It is through our Prophet that we come to know and affirm that which it would be impossible for us to know were we to be left to our intellects. It's because our belief in Him and that we trust in Him and believe in Him. And just as it was a means for Sayyidina Bakr al-Siddiq to ascend to the highest degrees of Iman in certitude, likewise this remains for the Ummah until Yawm Qiyamah. It is through our belief in the Prophet and establishing a relationship with him and successively having the veils be removed between us and him and implementing his sunnah and then experiencing its fruits. And they might begin with a dream of the Prophet And oftentimes before you dream of the Prophet you might dream of Medina and then you might dream of his grave until you actually might get to see him and then he actually might speak to you in a dream and then there's degrees after that higher and higher degrees. But this is what the companions were blessed with. They were right before the Prophet So you and I need to understand that connection and that then establish our connection with him And there is a beautiful hadith that Imam Al-Tabarani relates in Al-Kabir. And in this hadith that the Prophet asked the companions that nas men a'jab al-khalqi imanan. O people, that who has the most amazing iman? And the companions responded in this instance. They said, Al-Mala'ika, the angels. And the Prophet said, Is that how could the angels not believe? Is that they witnessed right before their eyes the reality of the affair. So they then said, An-Nibiyun, the prophets. And then the Messenger of Allah said that how could the prophets not believe when they receive revelation from heaven? So they said, for ashabuk, your companions, 
And then the Prophet said, well, how could my companions not believe and they see what they see in another nation? I'm before them. Then our Prophet said, The most amazing of people in faith are people that come after me. They believe in me, having never seen me. They believe what I say, and they've never seen me. Those are my brothers. Nafsi fidat. May our soul be ransomed for the Messenger of Allah. What is more beautiful than that? He is speaking among to everybody is ummah, but to you and I as well. Individually. Every single one of his ummah that came after that initial generation of the Sahaba who reached what they reached from the blessing of seeing the prophetic presence, sallallahu Our Prophet is saying is that they are the most amazing people in faith. And now 1400 years later, is that even though that might seem like it's a long period of time, and it is, but because of the blessing of the connection that we have to the Prophet through his inheritors, is that the realities of what the companions learn from the Messenger of Allah, they have something special to them. But you can still learn, similar to how they learned, almost you could say, as they learned, even though that you weren't blessed to be in the presence of the Rasul. When you read the hadith of a Prophet the adab is that even though someone else is narrating the hadith to bring to mind that you are hearing that from the mouth of the blessed mouth of the Rasul himself And they used to say about the collection of the Tirmidhi and it could apply to all the books of hadith. Whoever has the collection of Tirmidhi in their house is as if they have the Prophet in their house speaking to them. When you learn hadith as if the Prophet is before you speaking to you. But look what our Prophet said is that the most amazing people in faith are people who come after me, believe in me, having not seen me. They believe what I say is true even though they never saw me. Those are my brothers. And in another narration, is that our Prophet said, that waditu, that lo enni qadraytu ikhwanana, I wish that I would have seen our brothers. In this narration it says, ikhwanana, our brothers. And then the companion said, Are we not your brothers, O Messenger of Allah? Rather, you are my companions. My brothers are those who come after me. And in one narration, they believe in me even though they've never seen me. And then, what did our Prophet say? Going back to the first narration. My brothers are those who come after you. That means I will be waiting for them at the basin. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. This is real. And this deen is real. And the Prophet is real. And all of his teachings are true. Sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. And he will know his ummah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And what is important is that you and I die believing in Allah, in believing in the truth of what our Prophet brought. We bear witness that everything that the Prophet brought is true. And that paradise is true. And that the fire is true. 
And that the hour is coming, there is no doubt about it. And that Allah will resurrect those that are in their graves. We believe in all of this. And this is what we counsel one another and help one another to do. And this is what they used to say. And this is what they used to write at the very beginning of their wasiyah, of their wills, or their final testaments. They would say, this is what so-and-so, the son and so-and-so, that will mention in relation to his wasiyah, that he, yashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa hadawada shirikara, wanna muhammadan abduhu rasuluh, wanna sa'ata atitun la riba fihi, wanna allaha yab'athu man fil qubur. So they mentioned that. They wanted this to be in their wasiyah. And then what was, did they want the people that they're leaving behind, their children, and by extension, their loved ones, and yet taqullah, is that they have taqwa of Allah. Hudan lin muttaqeen. All of these meanings are interconnected. And what? When you in, وَيُسْلُحُ ذَاتَ بَيْنِهِمْ is that they rectify the affairs of people. When you اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ that they obey Allah in His Messenger, in kanum meaning if they are really believers, and that He advises them with what Ibrahim advised his children and what Yaqub, Jacob advised his children. Ya That, O oh son, Allah has chosen this deen for you. So do not die except that you are Muslims. And insha'Allah that these meanings that we will live upon and that we will die upon. And that Allah will bless us all with certitude that la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. There is no God but Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is the messenger of Allah. It's so close to so many people. But you and I, to the degree that we move up in the degrees of certitude of these meanings, will be to, to, to the degree that we actually affect other people. May Allah bless you with the highest degree of suratude and bless us to move up in the degrees of understanding and realizing the meanings of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah Aqullu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li jami'a muslimin fa astaghfiru fa nuqfur rahim Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala seyyidina Muhammadin ashraf al-anbiya'i wa mursaleen wa ala alihi al-tayyibin al-tahirin wa sahabati al-akrin wa tabi'inu bi ihsani la yawm al-deen wa shiru la ilaha illallah wa shiru anna Muhammad rasulullah ma ba'dya ibadullah inni musikum wa nafsi iyaya bi taqwallah inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala al-nabi ya ayu al-ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli wa sallam ala seyyidina Muhammadin wa ala ala seyyidina Muhammadin كما صليت على سيد إبراهيم وعلى سيدنا محمد إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى سيدنا محمد كما باركت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد ورضي الله تعالى عن سادتنا خلفاء الرشدين أبي بكر ومسلمان وعلي وعجمي السادة الصحابة الكرام أهل بيت رسول الله المطهرين المطهرين من الأرجاس وعلينا معهم فيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات 
المسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات يا أول الأولين يا آخر الآخرين يا ذي القوة المتين ويا راحم المساكين أنجزنا ويا أرحم الراحمين أنجزنا رحمة من عندك نسعد بها في الدنيا والآخرة آواكم الله نصركم الله إن الله يعمل برعد الإحسان ويتايد القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيدكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكر الله العظيم يذكركم وشكرا يمهي يزدكم وذكر الله أكبر